Live from the WTAD studios in the Lincoln Douglas Building in downtown Quincy, it's time to pull up a chair and assemble today's WTAD News Roundtable. Gentlemen, I have to ask before the show gets underway, have you washed your hands? Yes, I just did twice in the last 45 minutes. All right. Earlier this morning, yes. I have washed I my hands. I will probably do it after the show, too. A couple of times, uh, I've got uh, my, uh, it was Germax, Purell, whatever that, uh, the antibacterial stuff uh, in my office, and I've scrubbed down with it uh, before I came upstairs for the show. That's just being sensible. About what are you looking at, Steve? You're in Mary's area, though, so you better use double of that. <laughs> Not really sure what you're saying about Mary, but okay, uh, cooties, fine. You don't want that. Uh, Governor Pritzker uh, declared a disaster declaration uh, yesterday, and also announced uh, yesterday afternoon that the polling place at the vet's home was going to be moved. I'm sure Scott will have more about that mm-hmm. uh, coming up. Uh, in the local news. So we'll talk about uh, what's going on around the state. In Chicago, the Tribune put out a Q&A uh, with a uh, Dr. Citrenberg uh, from from up there uh, about uh, these things. And uh, right now, I think a lot of the consensus is the panic is worse than the actual virus to date. So we'll talk about it coming up on the back half of today's show. But first things first, in with all the latest from the WTAD newsroom, say good morning to Scott Hardy. Good morning, Quaid. Good morning, everybody. The city of Quincy's uh, engineering department says that uh, a water main leak has forced them to shut off service to an area that was already under a boil order. That's for Elm and Lynn Streets from 18th to 22nd, 18th from College to Elm, and North 20th from College to Chestnut. Once the service has been restored, a boil order will be in effect. Due to all the rain that we got yesterday, some roads in northeast Missouri have been closed due to flash flooding. That includes Route A in Monroe County at Crooked Creek, Route Double D in Shelby County at Otter Creek. Several roads were closed yesterday as well due to flash flooding, including Route Double H in Macon County, Route Double P in Macon County, and Route Double D, as well as Route A in Monroe County, and Route Double D in Shelby County as well. MoDOT says, please do not drive through flooded, barricaded roads. And if you see a flooded road, call MoDOT and let them know. Talks have been held between the city of Quincy and Adams County officials over a joint response should residents start to show symptoms of the coronavirus. That revelation came last night from Quincy Mayor Kyle Moore after the city council meeting. Moore said the meetings were held not just to coordinate a response, but also on how the city should proceed with its employees. We've been uh, meeting with Adams County um, and the EOC of not just what to do with them, you know, as a workplace, but what we're going to do as a county and a city if it uh, were to come here. And there's a lot of precautions that uh, we're going to need to need to undertake. And also, uh, it's going to be very costly. So, uh, you know, we just encourage everybody to, uh, you know, pay attention to all the recommendations. Uh, if you're feeling sick, stay at home. Uh, but right now, we're, you know, we're, we're pretty confident that we'll be able to handle it if it does come here. Moore said the city would take direction from the Adams County Health Department on any possible future quarantine should that be needed. Council approved a bid of nearly $218,000 from Reese Construction 
to move some city water pipes currently under state right-of-way on 3rd Street and Gardner Expressway. It's part of planned improvements later this year for Illinois 57 from Quincy to Marblehead. City engineer Jeff Conte says that when the project gets underway, the city won't have to close the whole street. At least a lane will have to be closed. Since it's on the northbound lane, we should be able to hopefully close just one lane and shift traffic over while the construction is ongoing. That work should begin in late April. Adams County Clerk Chuck Vendrelo says some Quincy voters will now cast their ballot in next week's primary at a new location after learning they won't be able to use the Illinois Veterans Home due to a concern over the residents' health. Venverlo announced Monday afternoon that instead of the vet's home, some 2,700 voters will now go to the National Guard Armory on Cook's Lane to cast their ballot. Venverlo said Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker's office reached out over the weekend and asked county officials to not use the vet's home as a polling place as part of a precaution against the spread of COVID-19. Adams County doesn't have a reported case of coronavirus, according to the health department. And the vet's home, just so uh, if anybody asked, the vet's home was the only vet's home in the state where polling took place. So that's why they did it. Venvelo said his office will make sure all vet's home residents are able to take advantage of the long-term voting process. That will take place next Monday at the home. He also added that early voting is available through next Monday in the clerk's office. Office hours this week will be weekdays, 8.30 to 4.30, and the clerk's office will be open this Saturday from 9 to noon. You can also ask for a vote-by-mail ballot through Thursday. And if you want more information on how to vote by mail or on early voting in Adams County, you can visit the county clerk's website. Now, the Quincy-based organization that deals with local businesses says it's in favor of a proposed property tax hike for the Quincy Public Schools. Great River Economic Development Foundation says it's in favor of the 53-cent referendum on next week's ballot, calling it, quote, the right course of action. That's according to Quincy Public Schools. In a Monday press release, QPS said that Greta President Marcel Wagner sent a letter to QPS Superintendent Roy Webb last Tuesday, which said that the Greta Board of Directors, quote, knows that this is a challenging situation, but that every other option to meet the needs of the Quincy Public Schools has been considered and implemented, end quote. Earlier, the Quincy Area Chamber of Commerce's Board of Directors also voiced support for the referendum. If passed, the $5.3 million from the property tax increase would cover the cost of new state mandates of a $15 per hour minimum wage and a $40,000 minimum teacher salary. And in an update to an earlier story, a one-vehicle crash Sunday in Adams County has claimed the life of the driver. The Adams County Sheriff's Office said Monday that 28-year-old Amanda Zanger died at Blessing Hospital of her injuries. She was taken there after the crash just north of Marblehead, which happened on Highway 57 around 10.30 Sunday morning. Sheriff's Office said Sunday that Zanger was driving south on 57 when her vehicle ran off the road and overturned several times. News release said Zanger had suffered serious injuries in the accident. Five-year-old girl who was a passenger in the vehicle was also taken to Blessing by ambulance with minor injuries. That is a look at the latest in local news. Of course, we'll have more for you throughout the afternoon right here on WTAV.com and on our social media pages, which include Twitter and Facebook. And in the next segment, Quaid, will you be talking about the lone Missouri case of COVID-19? No, I'm actually focusing on Illinois, but if you would, uh, I'm all open to you, including that lone Missouri case, if you want to fold it into what we talked about, because... COVID-19 is what we're going to be uh, discussing on the back half of the show. So sure. Some fairly shocking behavior in that case. We'll get into it. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Steve knows. Oh, yeah. Stan 15 will take a break. And uh, when we come back, uh, COVID-19 in the land of Lincoln and uh, disaster preparedness, disaster declarations. And is the panic worse than the virus itself? We'll talk about it next on the News Roundtable. WTAD.
Okay, I'll acknowledge it's his birthday. So that's why I played that oh, one. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, very good, Steve. I, 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 bonus. I, you know what? I'm trying to remember if you did that a year ago. I think maybe you did. 43 today for Robin Thick. Or maybe it was Alan Thick's birthday that you played his son. He's no longer with us. I know, but that doesn't mean you wouldn't do it for Thick's birthday. Welcome back to the uh, News Roundtable, Talk Radio 930 WTAD. It's 1020. Uh, I'll put that aside. But yeah, as you heard Scott say, yesterday, uh, Governor Pritzker, uh, had made a da- disaster declaration uh, for the uh, state of Illinois. Uh, Thirteen other states have also issued these declarations. Uh, Illinois has how many? Eleven confirmed cases mm-hmm. yeah. as of today yeah. of COVID-19. Uh, there are people in quarantine, um, a lot of them uh, 50s, 60s, 70-year-olds, and they've traveled uh, internationally or on cruise ships uh, is where this uh, seems to be uh, occurring. By the way, uh, Governor Pritzker says uh, that uh, we need to calm down. Uh, those are my words, not his. He said it in a much longer way. Uh, but my statement before the break was, is the panic worse than the virus itself? Governor Pritzker uh, said that we need to, that residents need to stop hoarding resources specifically medical supplies, and uh, at the same time reach out to elderly relatives to make sure that they have what they need and are in good health. So, yes, uh, just like uh, if it's extremely hot or extremely cold, go, go, go check on your family. Or if you've got a neighbor who's uh, older, go check and make sure. Walk across the street. Go knock on the door. See if they're, if they're all right. If things seem to be occurring normally uh, with them, just to check on them. Uh, just because uh, this stuff is uh, going around uh, in certain areas, uh, other areas are getting it uh, harder than Illinois is, but it uh, doesn't mean that you hole up until, you know, somebody blows the all clear. Uh, part of the disaster declaration, as Governor Pritzker pointed out, is uh, the first step towards getting federal funding to help with the outbreak should it uh, expand. And that makes sense because Illinois' rainy day funds are basically non-existent. <laughs> it, so, rained, it rained 10 years ago for so, that. Yeah, so, and I get it. And, and, and have we, you know, uh, plump rainy day funds? You do it anyway. It's just part of the process of making sure that everything uh, is taken care of. Uh, Governor Pritzker said, don't let fear replace level-headedness. Uh, and I'm quoting him now. He says, you have responsibilities during the crisis, too, and it's important uh, to live up to them. Um, as I mentioned the uh, at the beginning of the show, the Chicago Tribune put out a Q&A with a Dr. Robert Citrenberg, uh, who is the director of infectious diseases at uh, Advocate Luther General Hospital. Uh, in Park Ridge, and the Q&A is kind of uh, interesting um, and pretty basic. I mean, nobody went way out uh, with their questions, or at least the ones that they uh, reported. Um, How long uh, does coronavirus live on a surface? Um, Dr. Citrenberg says that there's plenty of factors that go into that. It tends to live longer on hard, non-porous surfaces like metal. Uh, He says they don't know exactly how long. Uh, he says at least a few hours probably. Uh, he says it doesn't live as long on porous surfaces, and most of these viruses uh, don't live as long or fare as well in higher temperatures and higher humidity. So that actually bodes well for warmer temperatures uh, coming up as we head towards uh, spring proper. 
and then uh, summertime. Um, it spreads in many ways like uh, influenza. He says, remember, about 80% of people with this uh, coronavirus infection either have no symptoms or a mild illness that doesn't progress to severe illness. And we've heard this before. I don't even know they have it. Um, so he says supportive care is actually important. It prevents people from uh, uh, getting dehydrated tests. There are people who will test positive but don't have any symptoms. He says that it's hard to gauge uh, when they're feeling better because they never felt bad in the first place. He did say domestically uh, he's not concerned. He says it's safe to travel uh, within the country. Uh, that's not a big deal, as we mentioned previously. A lot of the problems coming into the country are from outside uh, the United States. So he says if you're going to travel domestically, he says it's safe uh, to travel. He says, but pay close attention to keeping your hands clean when you're flying. And that's good advice anyway. Uh, he says the biggest risks when you're flying, by the way, are uh, are what you get on your hands. Because it's not what you breathe. He says airplane air is actually quite safe to breathe. There's no actual medical reason not to travel domestically. He says internationally, though... That is a different story, and I think it's a fair point to say it's what you touch or what touches you that's important. It's not what you're breathing, and a lot of people go to go to the extreme and say, look, it's what you touch because we have a tendency to touch our faces. So if we touch something and then touch our faces, this is when we're going to get uh, infected. So uh, that's a good point. Just be sensible about what you're doing. One of the things that he also was concerned about, the testing, he said private labs are doing testing around the state. Now, he says, we want people to th- uh, who think they have a reasonable probability that they have the virus to get tested. He says, but we, we, what we don't want is the worried well showing up and essentially clogging things up. If you don't show any symptoms, uh, then don't go get tested. That's that's you clogging up for people who uh, quite possibly are experiencing symptoms and quite possibly may have it getting tested uh, themselves. Um, but he says the fear is the most difficult part of this, uh, and it's essentially the fear of the unknown. He says it's not an existential threat to the civilization. That's how he wrapped up the Q&A. Uh, this is not the zombie apocalypse, all right? He says, I think uh, people have to focus on uh, mitigating this. This is not a hide-under-your-desk situation. However, both of you commented on the Missouri, the lone Missouri COVID-19 case, and were saying that there were uh, interesting uh, things surrounding that. Interesting in the sense of the person who has it? Oh, no. Or interesting in the sense of the people around the person who has it? Oh, no. It was her family. The, the woman, the young woman who was in Italy studying abroad. Mm-hmm. She flew into Chicago, took an Amtrak train to St. Louis. During that trip, noticed some symptoms and mm-hmm. thought, I better call the health department. And she did. And then they said, well, then you better quarantine until we can test you for sure. Um, they came out on Saturday. They found out on Saturday that she did, in fact, have COVID-19. Now, keep in mind, you've got a daughter who's been in Italy, has fever, and it's called the health department. So what do you do? Well, the mom goes shopping in a few other places. The father takes the younger daughter to Villa Duchesne's father-daughter dance Saturday night. They, um, they left once they found out that the older sister, in fact, had COVID-19. But still. Okay, so when they went, they didn't know. But they, but they knew she was going to get tested. Well, yeah. I mean, in the fact that she'd been in Italy, 
And she was reporting fever and other symptoms. On her way back home from Chicago, she reported that she sure. had fever. And please, yeah. coronavirus is more contagious than the flu virus. Mm-hmm. Um, they give it an R, R number or R's, RO number of how many people you can uh, be expected to contaminate if you have it. Uh, for example, and this is going back to the Chicago Tribune's Q&A with Dr. Uh, uh, hang on, I'm going to miss Citrenberg. Um, the uh, number that they use for contagious diseases is the RO number. If the RO number is one, Citrenberg says that means each person with the disease is expected to give it to one other person. So the higher the RO number, the more contagious it is. Mm-hmm. He says influenza, seasonal flu, the RO number is 1.3. He says right now, as far as we know, coronavirus RO is about 2.2. So it is higher than influenza, but then he gives it another frame of reference. Just to give you a frame of reference, the measles, which is among the most contagious of all viruses, that RO is uh, about 18. So that's you know something to keep in mind. Coronavirus uh, more contagious than the flu. So if you you know think about yourself, if 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 you have the flu or you're worried about somebody ha- uh, having the flu, coronavirus nah, not quite twice as contagious. As the flu, nowhere near as contagious as the measles. All right. Um, well, one quick thing: the family had been told on Friday that they needed to quarantine themselves. However, the attorney disagrees, and they said they were only told that the daughter had to be quarantined. What uh, has Village of Shane made a comment yet? Well, they closed Monday okay. because of it. There you go. That's that's where I was uh, going with that. All right. Very quickly. Uh, before the end of the show, don't forget to tonight, 6 o'clock, uh, around the corner from the WTAD studios at the park bench, uh, you have uh, the U.S. Senate candidate meet and greet with uh, Tom Tarter and Peggy Hubbard, who are running for the Republican nomination to take on Senator Dick Durbin. This is uh, put on by the Adams County Republican Party, the Quincy Tea Party, the Tri-State, uh, Illinois, Iowa, and Missouri Conservatives. That's tonight, 6 o'clock. Uh, at the park bench, 7 o'clock, they'll have a Q&A with uh, Dr. Tom Tarter and Peggy Hubbard, who's from Belleville. That's, uh, again, tonight, 6 o'clock, around the corner. All right. Hope to see you there. It's 1029. Wash your hands, everybody. That is the Tuesday edition of the News Roundtable. We'll be back in tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. You should be here, too. The News Roundtable will reconvene tomorrow morning at 10.06 a.m. on AM 930 WTAD. Podcast available online at WTAD.com.